Well, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome to Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. Uh, if this is your first time coming on to the channel, here we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and then we make application to our lives. Uh, we finished the book of Genesis uh, a while ago and starting in January, I believe we started with the book of Matthew. Um, so we have been in the book of Matthew. Uh, we're on Matthew chapter 14 as of tonight. Uh, so anyway, um, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you will be not, um, advised whenever a new video is posted. So it'd be good if you subscribe to the channel. Um, and remember that comments and questions are welcome, uh, especially about the lesson. If you have any questions about something that I said or if something wasn't clear, um, please feel free to ask questions. And if I don't have the answer, I would definitely research it and get back to you uh, with an answer for that. Um, so anyway, glad you joined me. <clears throat> like I said last week, we were on chapter 13. We finished chapter 13, part two of chapter 13. Uh, and chapter 13 was the third major teaching that Jesus gave uh, since he uh, was, been, was out doing his ministry. Uh, the first teaching that he gave was a uh, major teaching was Sermon on the Mount. And that was chapter five, six, and seven of Matthew. Uh, the second major teaching he gave was in chapter 10. When remember when he was teaching his disciples, um, the apostles, what to expect when they go out and spread the gospel. So just before he sent them out, he gave them some instructions. And that was chapter 10 of Matthew. Um, and then chapter 13, which we finished last week, was his third major teaching. And in chapter 13 was where Jesus taught in, uh, in parables. He taught about seven parables. Um, the parables he taught about, we, taught, we talked about the parable of the sower, we talked about the parable of the wheat and the tares. We talked about the parable of the mustard seed. We talked about the parable of the yeast. We talked about the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the pearl of great price, and the parable of the fishing net. Amen. Um, so those were, um, and most of the parables, well, a lot of them were talking about um, what's going to happen at the end of the age, about uh, the wheat growing up with the tares, uh, how they would be separated at the end of the age. But go back and listen to the tape because uh, they were, he gave some really good teachings, uh, giving us an idea of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Amen. But today, uh, we are on Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to talk about uh, three main topics actually. We're going to talk about the death of John the Baptist, we're going to talk about uh, the feeding of the 5,000, and we're going to talk about how Jesus walked on the water. Amen. Amen. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We, we praise you. We honor you. We give you glory. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in and be the teacher on tonight. Show us those things that we've not seen. Father, make your word come alive to us. Make it afresh and anew. Lord, we love you and we honor you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start off reading, and I think I'm going to do it just the way we were doing it before, <clears throat> where I would read, um, I'm going to read a section, and then we're going to talk about that section before we go to the next uh, section. So we're going to start off uh, reading from the King James Version uh, in Matthew chapter 14, and that's verse 1 through 13. And this is going to be talking about uh, the death of John the Baptist. Amen. So let's start with that. Um, verse 1, Matthew chapter 14, it said, At that time, Herod, the teacher, the teacher, 
T-Church, heard of the fame of Jesus. And he said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. And this, now this is where he goes back to understand the scripture. Um, he's, he's all, John, John the Baptist has already been killed, but he's telling us how John the Baptist was killed. So, or how he, you know, how he died. And verse three, it says, for Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, it is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. They counted John the Baptist as a prophet. So Herod was afraid to kill him. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, so her mom had told her what she should ask, said, give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. Or in uh, the other translation, give, it, give me John's head on a platter. That's kind of gruesome, huh? Verse 9, and the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he, com he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in on a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. And, this, and his disciples came and took, it, took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. But let's just stop there. We said we start on stop at verse 13. So let's just back up a little bit to talk about this. Um, now this Herod that they're talking about uh, is Herod Antipas, A-N-T-I-P-A-S. This is not the same Herod that was in power when Jesus was first born. That was uh, this Herod's father. He was uh, called Herod the Great. And uh, the Herod that we're talking about now, his father, Herod the Great, was the one who uh, killed all the, 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 killed the babies that were two, year old, two years old and under, all the male children, so he can make sure that uh, the Messiah is not born. Uh, this, was, this is what his father did. His father was kind of vicious. But this is um, his son, Herod Antipas, A-N-T-I-P-A-S. And after his father died, after Herod the Great died, his kingdom was divided up into uh, actually four different sections. And he gave, um, that's why he's called the T-Church. And I know I'm butchering his name, T-E-T-R-A-R-C-H, uh, which means you have... Uh, a, a division, a kingdom that's divided up into four four parts, and one of those parts belong to you. So he was a ruler over one-fourth of the kingdom, which was the Galilee area, um, is where he was, uh, Galilee and Perea 
is where he was the ruler of. So anyway, according to the NIV, now the story behind this, um, how John the Baptist uh, was beheaded. It, it's, you know, like I said, in the Bible, there's some shady things that happen, right? Um, some things that make you go, oh my goodness. But anyway, John the Baptist it was pretty bold and he called it the way he saw it. And this Herod of Antipas was, um, he fell in love with his brother Philip's wife, which is Herodias. Uh, when he wanted, and he convinced her to leave Philip and to go with him. At the same time he convinced her to do that, he was married himself. So he had to ditch his wife in order to marry Herodias as well. So, so there was some, some shady stuff going on and it, it caused up a, a big ruckus. Um, but anyway, John the Baptist found out that this Herod had was now uh, married to Philip's wife. Philip's still alive and uh, he, and John found out about what they were doing and he called him out on it. John the Baptist said, this, you know, that's not lawful. You can't do that. So Herodias was mad about hearing him saying and she wanted him killed. And uh, Herod kind of dragged his feet about killing him because it says the people knew that John was a prophet. So he was he didn't want to just flat out kill him. But they they uh, they worked it out because her daughter Salome did a dance for him. And on his birthday, because on their birthday they had this big bash. And he, he might have been attracted to her daughter. I don't know. But anyway, she she did a dance for him and it was probably kind of seductive or whatever. And I, he was so pleased with her doing the dance. He told her, uh, look, I'll give you whatever you want. Whatever you want, just just name it. And mind you, it's his birthday. So he's got all his friends and all his the who's who all around. And he promised to give her whatever she wants. Well, she, she consults with mom. And Herodias tells her daughter, uh... I want you to ask him to give you the head of John the Baptist. So she goes back and, and she tells him what she wants. So it says that he was a little distraught about it. He didn't really want to do it, but uh, he had made this oath, you know, in front of all his guests that I'll give you whatever you want. So he couldn't back it up. He couldn't, you know, come back from that oath. And so he sent and had John the Baptist head cut off. John was already in prison. They cut off his head and brought it to her on a platter. And when she got his head on the platter, she gave it to her mother. Awful, awful story, I know. But this is what happened. This is how John the Baptist was uh, was killed. And when his in verse twelve it says, and when the disciples came and took up the body and they buried John the Baptist's body. Now look what happened when Jesus uh, when Jesus heard about it. In verse 13, when Jesus heard of it, he departed, hence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the city. But I want you to get that first part. When he heard about it, he wanted to be alone. He departed. And I'm sure he wanted to be alone with, with, with his father. He wanted to be alone to pray. He was sneaking away to get some quiet time. So, you know, which reminds us 
It's, we're supposed to get that quality time with God. We're supposed to have those moments where we where we, uh, we we rejuvenate ourselves, where we sneak away and, and pull away, pull away from the noise, pull away from the crowd, pull away from the TV, pull away from, uh, sometimes you just have to quiet yourself, shut it all down, get off of, uh, social media. Uh, uh, you know, just, 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 it's just me and you, God. I just, I just want to sit in your presence. I just want to be with you. I just want you to just, just shower over me, just cover me with your, with your mercy and your grace. I just want to, uh, spend some time with you, Jesus. We sh we need to do that. That is what helps us and keeps us growing and keeps us connected to him. Amen. We want to stay connected to him. And the only way you stay connected to a friend is you, you your, your friend or, or, or whoever it is, you, you have to keep, con you keep in contact with that person. So it's the same way with God. If we want to have a close relationship with him, we need to stay in contact with him and, 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 and take those moments where we just pull away, pull away. And it's okay. If people don't understand it, so what? Sometimes you got to, don't even answer the phone during those times. You got to shut the phone down, uh, you know, so you can just quiet yourself and spend that quality time with the Lord. And you got to watch even some of these movies that you watch. And I'm telling off of myself, I, I saw a movie um, last night or night before last and it, the movie was pretty intense. And after I saw this movie, I, and I did not sleep well that night. And I and I woke up with these crazy dreams. And the Holy Spirit just, just you know, impressed upon me that you can't always watch all this stuff and don't expect it's not going to be in your head. So, uh, you know, and, it, you know, it wasn't an X-ray movie. It was just it was just an intense movie. And um, it just reminded me that sometimes we have to watch what what we're watching if you if you want him to his presence to be full with you and uh you don't want to grieve the holy spirit and you just don't want to fill your head up with that stuff it's a distraction i guess that's what i'm trying to say sometimes it's just a distraction it's a time waster sometimes and i'm not coming against watching movies uh because i watch movies but um, sometimes you just got to choose what movies to watch. And if they're going to affect your thinking and be with you for the next two or three days, don't watch it. Uh, my son is always teasing me because when they watch some of these horror movies and, and this scary stuff, I, I, I'm not even watching that. You go right ahead because I don't need nothing occupying my thoughts, uh, you know, today and tomorrow because of some, some scary movie that I watch. So I usually don't even watch the scary movies. Okay, I know some of you laughing at me, but I really don't uh, because it, it sticks with me. But that's just me. This is not a judgment. It's not saying you shouldn't watch scary movies because I have watched scary movies before. But I do find that sometimes some of the ones that are really, really bad stick with me. But anyway, I don't have to get off in that. But just, just watch how you're spending your time because your time is precious. And save some time for Jesus. Uh, take out some time for him. Um, like Jesus, snuck, uh, he stole away when he found out uh, that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And then notice here in verse 14 and 15, it says that Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude because the people even followed him when he tried to, to get off by himself. And he was moved with compassion toward them. So even, even though, you know, uh, and he healed their sick, it said. So even though he was, he, he got off and, and I don't, you know, how much time he had to actually be by himself. But when he looked up, look, he, there, there they all were. And he didn't get mad at them. He just went to work and he started healing people. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. And I'm in verse 15. And the time is now past. 
Send the multitude away that they may be that they may go into the villages and buy themselves uh, victuals or buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say, and they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them thither, hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and look, looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and to the, and, and to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitude. Verse 20. And they did eat, they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets. So don't miss it. This was just another miracle to just happen. They have five loaves and two pieces of fish, and they just fed these people. And they're telling you how many people were in verse 21. And they had, when they had eaten, they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So if they, um, if they said 5,000 men back then, they really didn't, um, they didn't list, didn't necessarily list the, list the women. But they believed in marriage. So as an estimate, if they say 5,000 men, if even half of those men had wives, which pretty much all of them probably did, but just if we give it a small estimate, say half of them had wives, that's 2,000, uh, that's 2,500 people. So that would be uh, 7,500. And if the, 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 um, the half that had wives had, each one of them had one child, that's another 2,500. So that's 10,000 people right there. And that's probably a low estimate. So they actually fed 10,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. So this is definitely a miracle. Verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go, be go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And verse 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. So again, Jesus went up by himself to pray. Now, I, know, I want you to notice how, much, how many times he snatched away. If Jesus had to get away by himself, you know we do. We, we definitely need that. Amen. So let's just talk about that just a little bit. Um, So the disciples in verse 15 were concerned that it was getting late and they told Jesus to send the people away so that they could eat. Um, and Jesus told them, we don't need to send them away. What do you have? What do you have in your hand? We need to remember that sometimes we're looking for a miracle. We're looking for somebody to come and rescue us. We're looking for something outside of us. And all the time, Jesus is right there. The answer is already in our hand. We already have everything we need right with us. It was all right there. They didn't have to send out for anything. He said, no, what do you have? So a lot of times, uh, God has already given you the answer. It's already in your hands. You quiet yourself. He'll show it to you. He, you it'll, it'll be revealed to you what you need to do because he says, God has given us, the scripture said, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So inside of you is all the answers that you need. He's right there. Just quiet yourself and let him lead you and let him guide you. Let him show you the way. So here he told them, uh, what do you have? And they said, we got five loaves and two fish. And I'm sure in their mind, they were thinking, and that is no way that's going to feed these 10,000 people. 
Verse 19, Jesus moved in his authority and he commanded the multitude to sit in the grass. And if we read in Mark chapter 6, verse 39, uh, Mark says he had them uh, sit in companies, companies of 50 and 100 people. So it was very organized. They sit in organized groups. How they did it, they counted off 50, I don't know. But he it had them sit in companies of 50 and 100. Uh, so it, it was very organized. And the fact that everyone got full and they picked, they picked up 12 baskets was left over. And this was, uh, this, 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 uh, uh, miracle was seen in all the gospels. Everyone recorded this. And then notice how Jesus blessed the food. It says here we see the roots of blessing our food before we eat. It was, it was an, a, additionally uh, a Jewish custom to bless the food. But, you know, I, I think we've, we've gotten to be kind of religious with blessing the food. And I heard somebody say once, you know, sometimes people feel like when, when, if you ask them to bless the food, that's their cue to, uh, to do their sermon, you know, their, their debut or whatever. You know, because you just, and I've heard people say, when you're blessing the food, you're blessing the food. You're not trying to bring in the kingdom. You're blessing the food. And, you know, so, and I know some people like, okay, they probably want to take, take this opportunity whenever they get it to, you know, rain down the kingdom. But really, when you're blessing the food, people want to eat. And you're just trying to bless the food to make sure that, that there's no impurities and that God covers us and that nobody gets sick. You know, so we, we shouldn't we shouldn't take 15 minutes to bless the food. We really shouldn't. But I digress. That's just Linda's opinion. Um, but they didn't they didn't back in the old day. The old in the olden days, the uh, according to manners and, and customs of the Bible, which tells us how they used to do things in the Bible. The Jews originally did a simple prayer. They would pray, blessed be thou, O Lord, our God, the king of the world. Who produce bread out of the earth and they would eat okay very simple and they would do the same thing when they blessed the wine they, uh, they would say blessed be thou the, the king of the world who created the fruit of the vine so again like i said there was about ten thousand people that jesus uh fed at this uh at this feeding now the earth now in verse 22 it says straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go to the other side. Now when we read in John chapter 6 verse 15, Jesus told them to hurry up and go to the other side because they were trying to make him into a king. Uh imagine they just saw him uh feed 10,000 people with uh five fish and two loaves of bread. Uh I'm sorry, five loaves of bread and two fish. They just saw him feed all these people. So they are really, wow, uh, this got to be the son of God. And so they wanted to make him a king and they were going to do it by force. So he made, he told his disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. And in the meantime, he went up into the mountain to pray. And that read in verse, in John 6, 15, it says, and when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. So verse 23 uh, says, and again, uh, Jesus got away to get away from the noise. So let's go to verse 24 through 33, through the end of the chapter. Verse 24 says, but the ship, after the disciples got in the ship to go to the other side, Jesus went up in the mountain. It's after they had fed everybody. Uh, verse 24 said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. 
So it was, it was, it was being tossed. The contrary means there was some rough winds. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus sent unto them, walking on the sea. Now, when they're talking about the watch of the night, uh, they're talking about a Roman watch. The Roman watch was, they had three watches. The military kind of broke it up into, into three watches. According to the NIV Study Bible, the first watch was from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock p.m., and these are officers that, that were on watch. You know, they were watching. Uh, but from 6 to 9 o'clock p.m., the second watch was from 9 to midnight. The third watch was from midnight to 3 a.m. And the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So Jesus in the fourth watch, so this means it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. He uh, he gets up and... Uh, he went to went to his disciples who were now on the sea where the sea is being tossed and they're in, a, in the middle of a great storm. Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. So they're afraid. They saw Jesus and they were fearful. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water and he said come everybody talks about peter i admire peter everybody says, oh peter he's always putting his foot in his mouth he's always saying something peter was the only one that had the guts to get out of the boat and walk on the water he was the only one that 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 had the faith to even try to step out the rest of them didn't verse 29 and so jesus told him to come and when peter was come out come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to jesus but when he saw the wind, and I know we've heard this talk many times, but we need to be reminded. Peter was walking on that water until he saw the wind, boisterous. Then he got afraid. So what did he do? He's walking on the water, looking at Jesus. And all of a sudden, he looks around and sees everything in a turmoil. And he fear, fear gripped him, and he got afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now you notice he didn't say, O thou of no faith, because he had to have a little faith to get out of that boat. But he said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And Jesus rescued him. And so the same for us, when God's telling us to get out of the boat, if he's telling us to do something, if he's got a, a, a task for us, we have to keep our eyes on him. Keep our vision focused on him. God gave me a vision once uh, of myself that uh, there was a situation I was going through. And in the situation, uh, it was it was it was pretty uh, stressful, kind of stressful. And if I if I if I didn't stay the course, I could fall, you know, and and I saw myself on this tightrope, this kind of vision picture he gave me because sometimes he gives me vision pictures. But on this vision picture, I was walking on a tightrope and he was in front of me. Jesus was in front of me with his hands stretched out. As long as you keep your eyes on me, you're going to make it to the other side. Just don't even look down. So, you know, that's I'm telling you the same thing. Whatever he's asked you to do, whatever he called you to do, if you keep your eyes on him, you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to com complete that task that he's told you to do. Just keep your eyes on him. So in verse 32, it says, and when they will come into the ship, the wind ceased. So as soon as Jesus came into the ship, the wind ceased. 
Isn't that something? As soon as we call upon the name of Jesus, there's peace, there's calm. Our situation quiets down. Whatever it is that we're going through, when Jesus comes on the scene, hallelujah, everything's got, it, every knee got to bow. It, they got, it's got to calm down. And even if the, the situation doesn't stop, it's still peace in your heart, whatever you're going through with, because he's with you. Like the scripture said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Because he's with us, we shouldn't fear no matter what we have to go through because he's going to help us. He's going to take us through it. Verse 33 says, and then they, then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. So they are, they are beyond a shadow of doubt. We've never seen anybody walk on water. This got to be the son of God. And verse 34, and when they were gone over, they came into the land of, of the Generates. And when, and that's in Galilee. And verse um, 35, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that land round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. So the fame of Jesus going out, they know Jesus is a healer. So everybody that was sick, they, they called, hey, Jesus here, come on, get your healing. Verse 36, and they besought him, they, they, they called upon Jesus that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Don't tell me about the power of God. You're talking about power. Power. I mean, and they could have heard about the woman with the issue of blood. Perhaps that's why they, they were saying, well, you know, she touched the hem of his garment. She was made whole. So I, we got to get there. If you just touched the hem of his garment and because of their faith, that's the way they were believing. Everybody that touched the hem of his garment was made whole. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. So we're going to stop there. Actually, that's the end of the chapter. But I do want to invite you to uh, my channel, Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda's on YouTube. Uh, is a playlist on there called The Sinner's Prayer. And if you go onto that playlist, uh, it will tell you why you need Jesus. It'll explain that to you. And uh, it's a short version. So that's a, a, a quick video. And on that same playlist is a teaching called Teaching About Salvation, which will give you all the scriptures about your salvation experience. So please, if you haven't accepted Christ into your heart today, please go on my channel, Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. Click on that playlist called The Sinner's Prayer so you can understand why you need Jesus because time is winding up. Amen. Amen. So we're going to close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for all those that are listening, all those that will listen. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would cause us, oh God, to seek after you, to run after you, oh God. Cause us to hunger and thirst after you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for all those, Lord God, who, who don't know you yet, Father, that you would cause them to want to know you. Father, that you would even bless them, even as they listen to this message, that your Holy Spirit would touch their hearts. Lord, we praise you, we honor you, and we magnify you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.